You are now listening to the Life at Humber podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I'm your host, Amanda Seriano, and on today's episode, we have Jay Copeland back with us. Thank you so much again for being part of the podcast. Happy to be back. It's a great time. <laughs> awesome. So if you missed the first couple episodes with Jay, first of all, I definitely recommend going back and listening in on those. But if you want to know what, what Jay is all about right now, <laughs> Jay is actually part of a team that helped produce a free five-part budgeting 101 series specifically geared for students. It's such good content that definitely highlights a lot of the important topics that you need to know about when it comes to managing your money. And so we thought we'd put those episodes on the podcast so that you can listen and learn on the go. So Jay, why don't you tell us about what the next episode is about? So episode four is called Saving for the Future. Uh, in this episode, we discuss different ways of savings and some misconceptions that people might have around like what savings are uh, in general. So like, for instance, as, as a very basic like explanation, putting your money in a savings account often doesn't accrue you the amount of interest in a year that counters the inflation rate. So no matter what you're doing with money in your savings account, you're typically losing value for the dollar in there. So we talk a little bit about the different types of accounts that you may commonly see through your bank, um, the different interest rates they'll offer you. We talk about the, uh, the inflation rate and what you can expect that to kind of be and how you can find that out. And then we give a basic overview of like looking into ways to invest your money for the future so that sees better long-term growth than what you would normally get out of just leaving it within a savings account so that you can have some options to look at for yourself and guide your own research in terms of how you might want to invest your money to make it work for you as opposed to against you. That's awesome, especially because I don't think a lot of people realize that the money in their savings is like essentially losing money because it's not matching inflation. So I think this episode will really bring a lot of value to folks listening. So thank you so much for putting in that work. <laughs> it's a learning process that we all have to go through at some point. And honestly, like someone should teach this in high school. Just throwing it out there. This needs to be a course <laughs> that you learn before you get to this point. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so with that said, if folks have any questions, feel free to reach out to us by searching Life at Humber on Instagram, send us a DM, and if we're not able to answer your question, we'll definitely connect with Jay. Absolutely. And with that said, we hope you enjoy this episode. We'll see you on the next one. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Budgeting 101. My name is Jay Copeland. And I'll be taking you through our fourth session in the Budgeting 101 series. Today, we're talking about saving for the future. So let's get into it. All right, savings. We talked about debt last time and savings might seem a bit out of the ballpark a lot of the times because, you know, we're, we're in debt. We're, we're, we're students and we owe a lot of money and uh, it seems like the idea, the very idea of saving money that we don't have as it's owed to other people is a little bit, um, I don't know, it borders on impossible. But even though it seems challenging, especially when you're in school and uh, spending while in debt, uh, there are some misconceptions about what savings is that we should all be aware of when we're considering how we're proceeding financially and what we can do to better set ourselves up for a successful financial future. 
So here's some things about savings and what you may not realize. Um, basically, many people are content with putting money in a savings account. They think that if I put my money into the bank and it's in a savings account, I'm saving it for later. Or if I withdraw a sum of cash for a rainy day, um, you know, I'll have that set aside for, for later when I need it kind of thing. Uh, and while this may work in terms of you've, you've set money aside somewhere, it's not making your money work for you. We talked about that um, very early. I think it was in session one where the concept of making your money work for you. Now we're going to explore that a little more in detail. So I'm going to use accounts available through the TD Bank as an example. Um, these may be different based on the financial institution you bank with. Uh, this is just what I'm used to dealing with as a TD Bank customer. So uh, basically, if you're saving money in a pile of cash, let's start with cash. Uh, you just withdraw it. You've got $20 set aside and you keep that somewhere. That money is gaining no interest. It's not, it's not appreciating in value in any way. It's just sitting there. Uh, if you're, you know, like me, you probably have like maybe an everyday savings account where, you know, your yearly interest rate on, on that $20 is sitting in your account, uh, is 0.01%. That's, that's pretty negligible. You're basically not earning anything at that point in time. It's a little bit better than cash, but not much by, by any means. Now, if I look at the next level of savings account through the TD Bank, we've got the high interest savings account, which is a 0.05% interest, but only when the balance is above, for argument's sake, $5,000. So it's five times larger than the everyday savings account, However, I have to be maintaining a balance of over $5,000 um, to be getting that 5% interest. Otherwise, I'm getting none, which, you know, unrealistic as a student. And then just for argument's sake, a TDE premium savings account gets you up to 0.1% interest, twice as much as the previous one, but only again when your balance is above $10,000. And, you know, well, that may seem like a big, big advantage. And it's like, oh, how do I get to that? It doesn't take into account things like the rate of inflation. So the rate of inflation in Canada is currently 1.9%, so almost 2%. Um, might be a little bit different this year with the whole pandemic thing, but typically it averages somewhere around, you know, 1.5% to 2%. Um, what you might notice is that the rate of inflation, which is how much your money is sort of depreciating in value, um, because it's basically as there gets to be more money injected into the economy through inflation, the value of our money is not more. It's actually lessening because now we have more money available for roughly the same like amount of value that the previous money held. So the rate of inflation far outweighs that of even the highest interest savings account. So savings is then a misnomer. You're not actually saving money. <laughs> savings alone will result in you losing money over time. Um, so that's something you want to take into account when you're considering how much you're setting aside for a rainy day and in what ways you're setting that money aside. Because having it sitting there, again, is not making your money work for you. So if not savings, then what? Well, there's no guarantee that any one method will work for you um, or anyone for that matter. Some options that you might consider speaking to like a financial consultant about are as follows. 
investing in the stock market is something that many people are afraid of. They, they think of things like the stock market crash uh, and, you know, how many people had lost like a ton of money through stocks that have failed that were sort of volatile and things. But things that you might want to consider when thinking about stocks is that there's many types of stocks to invest in. Some of them are more volatile than others, which means they fluctuate more um, and more significantly, while others are fairly steady over time. Um, you know, an example of stocks that are fairly steady over time, if you look into them, are like Canadian banks, um, often like energy stocks, um, things like that, uh, that have, you know, we use them regularly every day. Uh, you know, everyone puts gas in their cars, everyone puts their money in banks. Uh, these are things that have been longstanding kind of institutions that, uh, you know, see a lot of regular use and aren't like, you know, tech stocks where it's like, okay, you know, Apple's really cool now, but it wasn't at one point in time. And what happens when something comes along to replace Apple? Well, then it goes kind of like the way of BlackBerry where the stock drops a bunch and, you know, you find yourself maybe in a trouble zone. So those are things worth considering looking into. Not here to give you stock advice by any means, but I am going to recommend that you look into them as an option for savings. Because, for instance, here, the TSX, which is the, the main Canadian stock exchange, the Toronto Stock Exchange, has a long-term annual return rate of 9.3% per year um, between the years of 1960 and 2018. So that's nearly 60 years um, of an average kind of annual return of 9.3%, which is way higher than the 0.01% you're likely to get in your bank accounts. Now, that doesn't mean it's always 9.3% per year. There's some years that are better than others and some years where it is in fact bad. So. Uh, it's something to know that like if your savings in this, you're probably in it for the long haul. And these are things that you're not going to be wanting to play with the stock market like you're at a casino and you're gambling. But this is money that you're investing for a long period of time, hoping for better returns than you'd normally get from your bank. Other options, if you're a little bit less um, confident in your ability to invest on your own, is banks will often offer you things like mutual funds where they have... A, a fund manager who is arguably a professional in looking at different stock options and securities that you can buy through the bank. And you're essentially entrusting your money to, to them uh, to lend it towards a larger group funds buying power to get a, divor a diverse portfolio of stocks that are going to give you better returns over time than what your savings account would normally give you. So these are, again, professionally managed funds that pool a group of people's money together um, to purchase uh, sort of significant like shares and holdings in a diverse array of companies that hopefully over time is going to net you better returns than what you would get in your savings account and, you know, arguably beat that uh, sort of 2% inflation per year so that you're actually, you know, saving money and potentially even earning a little bit more on top. So your money is increasing in value over time as opposed to depreciating where it would be just sitting in your savings account or in a pile of cash under your bed. Um, other things to consider through the bank that you might wanna look into are RRSPs, RSPs, so Registered Retirement Savings Plans, Retirement Savings Plans, um, and GICs through your bank, which are sort of more protected than, uh, you know, your stock options would uh, normally be. So if, you know, 
the bank for whatever reason comes in trouble, that money is is somehow protected for you uh, to use. I won't go into too much detail on that, but uh, you know, ultimately these plans are available to get you started on saving for a retirement or a future where you know you're of an age where you no longer want to be working and would like to be free to do what you wish with your money. <laughs> so uh, it's a bit of a shorter presentation here uh, today on that, but. Uh, what I would like to you to take from this session is you should go to a financial institution or talk to somebody about um, how to better save or invest your money uh, so that the little bit that you sort of put aside on a regular basis is, you know, working for you, as we say. Um, one of the things, again, that we sort of talked about was like, okay, but where am I getting this money from? If you have money to go and have dinner, out on the town in a restaurant maybe you have you know a little some extras with that alongside and you spend twenty dollars on a leisure activity that you'd like um, you can put that twenty dollars <laughs> as it is sort of a want versus a need aside into savings it doesn't you don't have to be saving like thousands of dollars at a time you can start small but even if you commit to a goal of setting aside you know twenty dollars every paycheck and investing that in some way or you know having that money contribute towards something that's going to be there to support you in the future um, I highly recommend starting that just so you can develop the habit of saving of setting something aside for a scenario that doesn't currently exist but will at some point in time so that you're thinking ahead with your money and you're considering ways in which you can make that money work for you even if it seems like a small amount how do you increase that money over time? Okay, because that's the that's the foundation of the the saving strategies that you're going to build up as you go through the years, um, that are going to lead you to being you know financially free in the future. Hopefully, okay. We'll see you for our last and final session next time. Hopefully, uh, you have success in speaking to a professional about these you know different options and looking into them and just educate yourself a little bit on what you feel comfortable with doing with the money you're able to set aside so that you can better prepare yourself for that future that you want. All right, until next time. And I just want to mention that this entire Budgeting 101 series is available on YouTube if you prefer learning online by watching a video. And so if you're interested in checking those out, go to youtube.com slash studentlifeathumber and there you'll find the playlist with the entire series. With that said, enjoy and see you on the next one.